Blog Talk Radio. This is one-on-one with Jasper Cole, Hollywood's bad guy, and so much more. Actor, talent manager, producer, and more. Now he's sitting down with today's top newsmakers from entertainment, politics, pop culture, and beyond. This is one-on-one with Jasper Cole. Yes, 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 yes. Hail to the new king and queen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, President-elect Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris. Howdy, everyone, and welcome to One-on-One with Jasper Cole. If you are listening live, this is a Monday night show. Uh, we, we missed last week's live show. It was all my fault, but we have rescheduled it for tonight. If you're listening on the archives, it really doesn't matter, but just know if you're listening on the archives that this is our first show since uh, it was announced that we have a brand new president, president-elect, I'm just going to go ahead and say president, Joe Biden. So um, we are so, so excited. Everyone, please go to face, uh, facial. Please get a facial on social media and follow us. You can go to jaspercole.com. There's a link for the show. Or Twitter, it's Jasper Cole says S-A-Y-S, same on uh, Instagram. And we're on Facebook. But speaking of facials, everyone, please welcome my co-hostess, Rob Cole Jr. Hello, Jasper. Hello, planet Earth. Oh, my goodness. I'm so excited. Ralph, we did it. Oh, my goodness. Oh, God, you sound just like Kamala calling Joe. Joe, we did it. We oh, did it. You're going you're gonna to be president. You're going to be president. We did it together. My mulatto mocha skin and your tall, white, good looks. We done did it. Jasper, seriously, and Planet Eartha. <clears throat> Whatever your beliefs are or whomever you wanted to be in the office, whatever, there is the feeling of malaise has been lifted from our planet. And I feel like just so buoyant and free and happy. That's not to say, I mean, look, Jasper, anybody who becomes president has a shitload thrown at them. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? I mean, you're the fucking president of the United States. No one is fucking perfect. But what Joe Biden and Kamala Harris bring to our government now is decency and concern for human nature and And his his victory speech ralph was just so amazing i mean he hit on all the right notes and you know we had been under such four years of such like stockholm syndrome where we just we we had gotten we gotten so far away we're remembering how a president's supposed to act and how they're supposed to you know talk that hearing someone say i'm the president for everybody not just those who voted for me and and I represent the United States of America, not the red states and blue states. We haven't heard that in five years. Yeah, and so it's, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I, I have goose pimples listening to you. I mean, I can't wait to bring a, our dynamic guest, but we could talk about this for our whole hour. Well, we'll do another breaking the news, of course, with Erica. But Jasper, <clears throat> so many doors, so many things have changed. I mean. Just lying in bed the night before Saturday, just like I was really praying hard, like viscerally praying, like, God, seriously, um, this has got to end now. Because, and it, it, it's something I read, and I might be getting the quotes wrong, but it's when God brought the plague to the pharaohs, I believe it was, and it was because he was so tired of the way they were acting. And that's exactly what he's done all these years later. A plague got besieged on us, mm-hmm. and the idiot in charge was not able to handle it. And as a result, millions of people are dying. And Well, now- you know, I've been saying all along, it, it's, it took a virus to get the virus out of the White House. So, exactly. I mean, first, first we were, you know— we got hit with Trump, which was a fucking pandemic himself. 
And then, of course, the just the daily, daily barrage of drama that this man brings on everybody. You know, I think, I think people are just exhausted. But now, having you know, having said that, the irony, Ralph, is he still got over seventy million votes. He still doubled the votes he got last time, and he also um, – out, he's still, I think, the most. He, he's gotten the most votes than any Republican president in the history. So, wow. the, I, I mean, uh, the irony is, you know, I, I can see on one level why some of the Yahoo supporters of his are trying to figure out, wait, how did, how did this happen? But remember, 100 million people did not vote last time, and the majority of those people were Democrats who mm. didn't vote. So we we know now that just do the math, and I'm a horrible person with math. Do the math; those hundred million supposed Democrats most all came out this time, and mm-hmm. so that because we we ha, we outnumber Republicans in registered voters anyway. The problem always has been getting people to turn out, you know, mm-hmm. on election. So. But then the other thing was, you know, Trump really kind of screwed himself because he remember he didn't want he was against mail in voting or Mm -hmm. he wanted. Well, you know, people said, well, how is it that we went to bed and Trump was up 300,000 votes in Pennsylvania? And we we woke up and well, because dumbasses, they count the in-person votes first, which was Tuesday. So by Tuesday night, we were seeing all of Trump's numbers. But then they start, ta- you know, counting the millions and millions of mail-in ballots, and that's where Biden overtook him. Mm-hmm. So, but for me, Ralph, the fact that my home state of Georgia, who's not elected a Democrat since 1992, and has just been completely red for all these years, the fact that it looks like pretty, pretty solidly that we're going to take. Uh, the he's going to take Georgia is amazing. I mean, that mm-hmm. is such a huge. And I, I want to tell everyone now, though, for everybody who voted for Biden in Georgia, we need you to please, please come back out on January 5th because we have the two Senate runoff races in Georgia. And right now it's 50 to 48. Um, the Republicans hold the Senate. But if we can get these two seats in January, um, we will at least have a, a, a gridlock, you know, a tied House, uh, a, a tied Senate. So mm-hmm. it, I guess in the past, it's, it's, it's traditionally been very hard to get people to come back out and vote. But I just implore all the, especially the amazing African-American women and African-American men. But once again, the black women of this country had to carry us across the the finish line. So you being a black, Asian, Jamaican, Indian woman, I just wanted to <laughs> I wanted to pay homage to you, Ralph, and thank you for your patronage this year. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Oh no, you are more than welcome. I mean, you were you were married to if you've dated or been married to Asian, then that makes you part Asian. Part you are Asian, black. Right. Yeah. I think yes, your mom it, has Indian blood, right? Rich, we, yes, we have Choctaw Indian. And my husband was friends with Kamala. So it's all a fabulous full circle. I have That's been talking true. to him. I looked over at Michael in the empty spot on the bed and was just like, honey, Kamala is our vice president. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> it just opens the door for girls and women and men, and, you know, back to what you said, and I, I'm sorry, it, it, we can't help but make it political right now because that's the biggest the topic. Oh, no, right today, today's opening is, is a celebration for sure. But what you said about what's horrifying to me is the race was so close. And like mm-hmm. you said, 70 million people still voted for somebody who is willing to repress us and look the other way when we get murdered. So that's really disparaging. I mean, I still have nothing but optimism. And you mentioned about the Stockholm effect. It's like these last four years, I've, you know, when you think about these last four years, Michael and I got married right before he got inaugurated. So Mm -hmm. in 
you know, it's such a, a, a double-edged sword in the sense that it's been just so miserable all these years, but I was still able to derive happiness like we all have done. Sure. But now with this new leadership, I I physically felt a weight off my shoulders. I Everything I do, I would still be doing just all the caregiving that I do with Rose on a daily basis. Of course, I would still be doing this, but I'm doing everything now with just feeling a little bit lighter. Right. Just hearing him talk about that he's hired, a, a, he's put together a coronavirus task force mm-hmm. that includes scientists and, and doctors and people that are working on these front lines daily um, is it, just so – it's so appreciative to know that there's a leader right now that cares about our well-being. Do you realize if we hadn't had this election, nothing still we'd still be running rampant? No, no national plan whatsoever. No, yeah, Trump na- at all. No. And what I loved is that he Biden today announced that one of the one of the people on the task force is the whistleblower who who left Trump's. Uh, coronavirus committee and blew the whistle on how horrible things were being run. So now Biden has brought him over to his because he is he is a leading scientist. Um, mm-hmm. And how about how about the timing? And I'm putting timing in quotation marks, Ralph, because finally the Republic the Democrats got a backbone. There is no way in hell that the Pfizer vaccine announcement today just happened. They held this till till Trump was out of, you know, until Biden mm-hmm. was elected. And I love that because this is the kind of shit the Republicans would do. And and I love the fact that Pfizer has been coming out today saying, oh, no, no. And this this had nothing to do with Trump's administration. We were not one of the companies that was, you know, part of his plan. This is us doing it on our own. So they want no affiliation with the past administration. So I made a pledge on social media this weekend, and I'm holding to it, and I'm going to try to do it on the show as well. From starting uh, this weekend, I will never post the name Trump. I will never post an article about Trump. My posts are strictly going to be Biden and Harris and the new administration and Nothing about him. I'm ignoring him completely. I, I, I wish I pray the media for these next 72 days will just give him no attention whatsoever. I don't care what they're doing. I don't care that they're trying to investigate. There's nothing to investigate. Just let's just reframe, regroup and and move on. This is going to go down in history. It's like a blip on the screen, you know, a four year like burp. The sort of yeah. like Arnold Schwarzenegger was being the governor of California. Yeah, we had a four-year mishap. Seriously, it really, really was that. And it's like, I just, <clears throat> I know you can't answer this, and I hate to just keep belaboring it, but why would all those people still vote for someone so horrible? That means, to me, that means, too, that we're dealing with those people on a day-to-day basis without even knowing it. You know what I mean? Like when we're grocery shopping or when you're, you know, just doing all our activities, there's so many people that wanted somebody that horrible. But I guess I have to just shut up and go, yeah, there were a lot of people, but there were more that wanted mm-hmm. a positive image. You know, and I don't give a shit. Well, I, I, I'm still I'm still one that I'm not opposed. I mean, I don't care. I'm a, I don't care if we secede. I'm fine if. We do the West Coast and the Northeast, like we talked about, even even now that we have Biden, because honestly, I I'm going to, you know, try to be positive to people. But I in my core, sadly, I don't think that division is going to change. And so, you know, the the former president is already talking about running again in 2024, which he can, you know, he can do it. Grover Cleveland did it back in the day. But I mean, that's fine. Let him, but I just don't even, I'm, I'm, I'm praying to God that CNN, here's what I worry about. I don't know how CNN's going to have any ratings, Ralph, because they did nothing but cover the former president ad nauseum from sunup to sundown. I mean, mm-hmm. 
during the first election, they helped elect him, I think. And then during the second one, they barely gave Biden any attention. And I'm, I'm hoping that right now during these next 72 days that they just focus on what Biden and Harris are doing and not on what, you know, who is doing. Because I want to see them all in the orange jumpsuits going to prison for all the crimes that, you know, there's all these investigations that are going to keep going on after he's out. So, Oh God, I, I haven't felt this happy since Obama's uh, first election in 2008. Exactly. I also want to say whomever is listening that can, and I'm sure people of course have been attentive to this. I don't want the Biden nor Harris family to step foot in that fucking White House until there has been a circus tent over that shit for 72 days and fumigate the fucking shit out of every nook and cranny in that uh-huh. fucking building. Because, you know... And put those fucking roses back in the rose garden immediately. Because, you know, yeah. uh, cunt breath, she tore them out. And also, she remember how she Melania's caught on tape talking about fucking Christmas? Well, mm-hmm. she she doesn't have to worry about this. Don't even decorate this year. Who cares? We don't care if you I decorate do- the White House, you cold bitch. I love that the former president is like firing his chief of defense, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, I'm, is is the person who got fired is 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 it really harmful or or, or is he joyous like? Fire me. You are on a losing, sinking fucking ship. Fire away. You know, do what you Yeah, need it's to like do. it's like you're you've already your job you already know your job is ending on January twenty fifth and suddenly you've been fired. It's like what I would love it. I don't I would love if they would just all resign like a mass exodus. Just everyone resign. Oh my goodness. Out. Yeah, I mean <clears throat> but seriously we, I don't want Biden sleeping anywhere near where that idiot slept. I want Kamala to be safe and sound. I don't want them breathing any fumes um, left by those, those people. It is just so horrible. And it's like – and the reason why it's so horrible is because – I mean, yeah, there's always going to be differences and difference of opinion. But this person hated human society. And mm-hmm. hated human basicness and, and caused dissension with so many people. And yes, all of these problems existed before the idiot got into office, but he exacerbated it. Oh, and, totally. And our new leadership is not going to exacerbate it. No matter how much you do not like Biden and, or what he stands for or anything, he is trying to help you. And the idiot people that voted for the other guy, it's like, why he he's not helping you you know it'd be one thing if all those people were like you know you, you get a check for $200 every hour or something then you, by all means like we talked about I'm breaking the news I'm not giving up my comfy lifestyle but what kind of comp- how did your lifestyle get improved by having this man as our leader you know well i don't unless unless you're making like uh Six hundred thousand or a million dollars a year. If they didn't, if they didn't see any improvements. But you know, it's just the tribal thing that's happened. But the thing that we have to realize is, I do believe our democracy was really at stake. And I think, and you know, we're also PTSD that there's still just a little bit of me, even today, even after there's been a victory speech. I just keep thinking, surely to God. You know what I mean? Surely to God, there's not there's not going to be something because Bill Barr, the attorney general, came out tonight and said, oh, yes, we're going to move forward with this uh, investigations. I mean, there's nothing to investigate. But I did just see on CNN that one thing that the uh, that can happen is the White House, the they can they can if Trump is refusing to leave or to turn over, you know, there's like nine million dollars that has to be released so that the new administration can put their their staff together they can also hold withhold post-presidency funds from trump meaning he won't get his secret service he won't get the money because a lot of people forget that when you leave office you get a shitload of service every month from staff to your pension to the secret service so they can withhold that from him um as well 
you know, but mm-hmm. um, it'll be, I'm so excited because our guest that's coming up today is actor, producer, Mike Manning. Um, he is of course, starring on the Bay that the Bay, by the way, season six, everyone premieres tomorrow, which again, if you're listening live, it's November 10th, um, Amazon prime and pop star TV. Uh, and so he's part of a couple on the show, but he plays Caleb McKinnon. So I want to talk to him about that. And also Mike is a new cast member on days of our lives mm-hmm. playing. Yes. Playing Charlie. So we have a lot to talk about that, but Mike is also, uh, uh, an advocate and he's LGBTQ rights, um, activist, and he's anti-bullying is one of his big campaigns. So I will bring that up to him today. Hopefully we mm-hmm. can just discuss that as well. Um, Mike has a, a production company. He's had probably produced over 30 projects. He's had an incredible career for a really young guy. And you know how mm. I am, Ralph, about I like actors who are hyphenates, who do it all. They don't just, you know, mm-hmm. act and wait and wait for the phone to ring. So um, I'm excited. I think it's a great day to have Mike coming on after the election as well. Um, we have so many mutual friends, you know, we've been such supporters of the Bay between Christos and uh, Gregory and Jackie Zeman and uh, Jade and everyone on the show. So we have that. And then our, our dear friend and colleague, Tamara Braun, who is over on days back on days right now, by the way, everyone, her new show, her new episodes start airing this week on the 13th. So I want to talk to Mike about that. So without further ado, everyone, I'd like to welcome our very special guest, Mike Manning. Hey, Mike, how are you? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you? Well, listen, this is Jasper. Say hi to my co-host, Ralph. Jasper and Ralph, nice to uh, connect with you guys. Hey, Mike, thank you so much for agreeing to be on our show. We have lots to talk about with you because you're a dynamo. And when people are dynamos, we have a lot to discuss with them. (laughs) Not not dinosaur, dynamo. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Even though, even though, let me tell you, Mike, your career, you've done, you're an old soul. You've been doing so much since you hit town. I've, I've sort of been following you, not stalking. I've been sort of following your career um, for the past 10 years. And I've been incredibly impressed, not just with your act, you know, your activism, but your acting and your producing. So first of all, congratulations on the Bay. I was just telling everyone that it, it drops the new season tomorrow, the 10th. Um, You play Caleb McKinnon. Tell us what you can tell us without giving away you know, anything on the show, but tell us about this new season and what's happening with Caleb. Yeah. Yeah. So season six is really exciting and we, we have new episodes airing every week on pop star TV. It used to be that uh, it was just on Amazon prime video. Um, but now pop star TV is really excited about it and releasing epi- new episodes from season six every week. And with season six, uh, without giving too much away, I can say that, they really, um, I mean, we were all really excited that the show won the Emmy for Best Digital Daytime Drama for Season 5. Uh, season yes. 5 is when I, when I got involved. And, um, and so I was fortunate enough to get an Emmy as well for that. And, uh, and, and I, I was actually joking around with all my friends, like, most of 2020 has been awful, but, <laughs> but July... July can stay because July is when Mike got an Emmy. So, right, so, because um, you're you're a producer. I forgot to mention you're a producer on the Bay as well. Yeah, so just for season five, I was a, a producer. Um, just because I, I, you know, I helped on the other side of the camera, sure. and um, so they were, you know, they were nice enough to bring me on as a producer. So, um, and and to be honest with you, and I think that you know Gregory and Christos and and everybody involved with the show would agree with this we because the bay has been so successful over the years we didn't think that they were going to win and i didn't mm-hmm, think they were right. going to win I, I was just really grateful to be nominated and um 
And so we're in the middle of a pandemic. I'm sitting at home in my pajamas watching the ceremony, <laughs> and they say that we win. And I turn and I scream, and my dogs jump off the couch like something's wrong. And <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh, like, what's going on? You know, and, uh, and so I – so I, yeah, so, so July can stay, but the rest of 2020 – um, actually, it's no, been, November can stay. We know it's been what this week. Happened. Well, I was going to say you yeah. also got to – you filmed up at the ranch during the pandemic, right? Well, and yeah. And so, I mean, I, first of all, I just have to say that the Bay has done so many incredible things for me, and um, and I'm really grateful to Gregory and Christos and, and everybody else. Um, I, I, I heard you mention some of the other actors that you've had on the show, um, like Jade and um, and – I think that, uh, and of course, Chris, Christos and Gregory and everybody, but I th- and uh, Eric Nelson, and um, and I think the Bay for me, it really, what they did with that show is they created a community, they they created a world, they created characters that uh, it it really feels like a collaboration. And for so much of TV, you know, like like if I show up on set for like an episode of Major Crimes or Hawaii mm-hmm. Five O or whatever, I'm doing my best to sort of squeeze myself into the world that they've already created and just be mm-hmm. that little puzzle piece. And I just sort of do my job and leave. And with the Bay, uh, Gregory really takes your suggestions as the character. And he really tries to mold the character around you, which as an actor, that's really a gift. It doesn't, ha- yeah. you know, this, I mean, it doesn't, totally. it's not every day where somebody says, okay, I'm going to create this character to bring out certain aspects of your personality so that we can make you look good and we can make it so, you know, organic and, and interesting. And that's really what he did when he brought me on for season five. And, um, and we, we had so much fun with it. And when they asked me to come back for season six, I was really, really excited. And that is what we shot uh, this summer at the ranch. And, um, and I, I have to tell you for season six, they really go for it. They have, they take every, you know, they take COVID, they take Black Lives Matter, they take, um, you know, equal rights. They take so mm-hmm. many issues that are really important issues of our time right now, and they put it into the script. And I think that it's going to blow everybody away. I think that it's going to be, for a show like this and this style, where people aren't really used, they're, they're sort of used to the, um, you know, the cookie-cutter dramatic situations, and mm-hmm. he killed this, and he murdered this, and they're in right. coma, and... Um, you know, which are which is great and entertaining, and you get that escapism. But I think with season six, there re- people are really going to be impressed with how far the writers take it, and um, yeah. in a good way. And 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 I think that it'll be a nice way to, as we hopefully, fingers crossed, move out of this pandemic and move mm-hmm. beyond uh, certain political events that have been plaguing us for the last four years. With you know, you know who in the White House. Yeah, I feel right. like people are going to watch this and and i think they're going to watch season six and sort of feel like a cathartic experience and like the show is you know is demonstrating all the frustration they felt and now we can mm-hmm. all move past this together god that is so well said mike it's <clears throat> nice to know that the bay is continuing to address the current event issues and not avoid them and not have seen season six start with no talk of covid you know, or mm-hmm. and that's really refreshing. You know, and, mm-hmm. and back to what you said about collaboration, I could count, I guess, on both hands now, all the guests we've had from the Bay, and each one of you has said the same thing about how collaborative it all is and mm-hmm. how one hand has washed the other and everybody has looked out for each other. And it's just very refreshing to hear Mike and to hear the enthusiasm in your voice too. You know, you gave us a lot to go on without saying specific things, which is exciting. You, you're a perfect trailer. So, you know, because <laughs> it'll yeah. be fun to see all this come to fruition and to have it on an additional platforms as well. It, besides just Amazon prime video. So congrats mm-hmm. with all of that. Thank you. Thank you very much. And it, well, and it was nice. Because uh, I'm sure we're going to talk about this, so I don't want to uh, steal the, your, the transition. But um, with well, we don't have it. we don't the, have any transitions. We just okay, just great. Go. All right, we're just going to jump track. No. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, but yeah, yeah. But uh, so for I found out uh, about Days of Our Lives 
as soon as the pandemic happened. And I, I basically spent the entire uh, pandemic wondering if I had a job when everything oh. cleared up and when COVID, you know, became less of an issue. And I couldn't tell anybody because my parents are awful at keeping secrets and <laughs> most of my friends. And so I really couldn't tell anybody because I, I really wasn't sure I had a contract, but I wasn't sure if I had the, the job. And mm-hmm. then uh, in during the summer, I found out, yes, the days of our lives was going to start shooting again. Yes. I had a job. Yes. Um, you know, they're, they're going to throw me right in and I was going to start shooting. It was going to move fast. It was a big, you know, it's big storyline and all this other stuff. And then I went from being excited to being like, Oh shit, I haven't worked Mm. all of 2020. I'm going to show up on this brand new show as this brand new character and I'm going to forget how to act. And I'm going to, and then (laughs) I got the call from the Bay saying, Hey, do you want to shoot this? Like, are you available to shoot at the end of the summer at this ranch? And I said, hell yeah, please. I'll do whatever you want. Like, let's shoot this. Give me more lines. Like I, I need to dust the cobwebs off and, right. and in an environment where I'm comfortable with a character that I'm comfortable with, with actors that I've worked with before. Like, please, like, it's almost like actor gym. Like, please give me a couple mm-hmm. workouts in before I show up on days so that I don't crash and burn. Mm-hmm. Well, the good thing is too, you guys were quarantined, you know, on the ranch, which is, uh, something like Tyler Perry, which by the way, I know you also worked with Tyler on the have and the have not. So that was just Mm -hmm. an intentional uh, segue there, but you know, he did the quarantining. (laughs) I know. Right. Um, Well, that's how small Hollywood really is, but the fact that he quarantined as well. um, First, and also congratulations on days of our lives. Cause I know that's a big get as an actor for you. And it's interesting hearing you talk about, we we've all we all do the guest roles where you do you I always say a guest spot is kind of like the first day of school you know at a new school mm-hmm. but even if you even if you work like five days you're you're the person coming in and sort of you, there's an end in sight so you kind of I always feel there's so much pressure when we do a guest star because I always feel I have to be perfect you know because they'll fire mm-hmm. me. Um, <laughs> at mm-hmm. least when you have a yeah, contract exactly. on a yeah. on a show. But I wanted to ask you, um, now that you've been shooting uh, days, how is that going? And is it a wonderful relief to know you have this steady gig? It really is. It's it's really. Uh, it was sort of the perfect time for me. Uh, I've I've been really fortunate in my career to be a part of a lot of different movies, and uh, and I love working. Yeah. I'm, I'm super grateful. I've, I've done a lot of cool projects. I, like you said, I'll go and do a guest star or with Tyler Perry, I did uh, three episodes. So it was a little longer than, you know, than just mm-hmm. one, but it's always been, whether it's a guest star, uh, you know, temporary role on a TV show or with these movies, I'll go there and I'll fall in love with this character and I'll fall mm-hmm. in love with the cast and I'll fall in love with this director and I'll follow, fall in love with the world that they've created and I'll do all this work for the backstory and to make it truthful. And, and then you, and then you shoot for anywhere from a week to maybe for a movie, you'll shoot for like two months or three months. But then when you're done, you pack up and you go and you say goodbye to that character and you say goodbye to that world. And, and it's, it's kind of sad. And I just got to a point where I was tired of doing that. I was tired of falling in love with these worlds and then saying goodbye to them so quickly. So I was really, I was like, I, this year, you know, coming into 2020, I said, this year, I really want to land a series. I want it to be a character that I can really sink my teeth into and a world that I can enjoy for, you know, a co- you know at least a couple months um, and, and really build an arc and, and be a part of, of this world that everybody's creating together and not have to say goodbye so soon. And that was really something that I, a goal that I set for myself and sure enough, a couple months into 2020, I had auditioned for Days of Our Lives, and I had tested for for days before. I te- I tested for YNR, I tested for General Hospital. So I I wasn't it, I, it wasn't brand new to me the idea of working on a soap, um, and it's actually always been exciting to me because I love the pace and I love that me they too. get to. Me too. It's it's like live theater. It's it's such mm-hmm. a trust exercise. You go there. And you have 30 pages in a day and you just, you get one or two takes and you just jump right in. And it's like, you have to trust 
that they're not going to move on if it's bad. You have to trust your scene partner that they're going to hold you and, and, and throw the ball back to you and, you're, you know, you're going to play that game. And I, and, it, it, and I come from theater. I come from I, – I started in theater when I was younger. And so the idea of working on a soap was really exciting to me, and 2020 is, is when it happened. It was a, a little different than I expected. I think 2020 right. was a little different than every, everybody expected. But um, like I said, now that we're up and running again, I'm, I'm super grateful. Well, Mike, you just mentioned you, have... you. Sorry, Ralph. You just mentioned Marty. I mean, I think of Marty Sahita and Mark Teshner. You know, these are both veteran casting directors. Marty started out on Y and R, and she's amazing. She's also stunningly beautiful. We were always like, Marty, how come you're not in front of the camera? Um, mm-hmm. But then Mark Mark Teshner, who's been around forever. Um, when you tested for Y and R, do you remember if it was Judy Wilson casting, or do you remember who the Casting one. Yeah, I've recent? been in. For, I've been in for Judy. I've been in for Judy. I've been in for Mark, and then of course Marnie. Um, yeah. And Mark is is such a sweetheart. He's so great. Judy is too. Uh, and and the thing that I like is that they, you know, they they want you to succeed. They want you to do well. And a lot of I think all, a lot of the good casting directors do that. They know how to pull out right. a good performance. Um, but right. I, I hear you loud and clear with Marnie. It's funny. I, it was seven or eight years ago. And I felt like I was just getting my footing in Los Angeles. I had done a few TV things and I went in for a contract role on days and I walked in and went in front of Marnie and I was so, (laughs) it worked for the character because I think that I was supposed to be this like guy that was intimidated by this beautiful girl. But I just, I remember standing in front of her and reading with her and I just couldn't like concentrate (laughs) because she was so beautiful she and, is. uh, and it, it worked. I ended up testing and I, it didn't, it, you know, I didn't get it, but, uh, but okay. she just kept calling me in and calling me in. And then when I got this role on days, she reached out to me and she said, Mike, like, I'm really proud of you. You've, you've been committed over the years to, and she didn't have to do this. You know, she has no, a ton no. of people that she works with in cast and she reached out and she was like, Mike, um, I'm really happy that this worked out because you're somebody that, you you always give a hundred percent. You always sort of bear your heart when you come in and create these characters and you work so hard. And so it's really nice to see this happening for you. And, and I, it just, it was really nice. It was That's like, so the whole, great, I think, Mike. yeah, that, that whole community is just so, so great to each other. Well, yeah. And you know, the, the daytime community, also the fan base is so loyal. And I always say too, once you, <clears throat> Once you get on a soap, you know, no matter what happens to your storyline, I was mentioning uh, Tamara Braun, who's a mutual friend of ours, who, by the way, said to say hello. Um, but I, she's come. She just came back today, you know, after many years away. She was on GH, and I love that sort of um, camaraderie amongst the shows. I mean, you know, we lost a few soaps a few years ago, but uh, once you have that daytime audience behind you, they kind of follow you wherever you go in your career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I've never experienced something quite like soap opera fans before in my life. And the last couple, uh, the last two months I've been, what are we, we're in November. Yeah. So the last month and a <laughs> half I've been, uh, on Twitter interacting with fans and it's amazing. It's like they soap opera fans feel like, what is happening in the show is really happening in real life. And they refer to you as your character name and they ask you questions. And if you do something great, they say, good job. If you do something bad, they ask you why you did that and you're horrible. And it's just, it's something that I've never experienced for. I feel like, I feel like with soap fans, everybody is in this giant living room, like watching it together and gossiping, gossiping about the show. And like, there's this whole community that is just so into it that I, uh, there was a, they, the girl on, on, that is my, my love interest on the show. Her name is Isabel Durant and character name is Claire. My character is Charlie. And so I officially, as of two weeks ago, because Claire and Charlie have this budding romance on the show, I got my first, uh, what is it called? A smoosh name. Oh, right. So they... So so they put the names together and now we're a hashtag and so my my smoosh name is uh chair C H A I R E so it's Charlie and Claire we're chair. Oh, oh wow. I love that, it. 
And what do you call it? A yeah. smush thing? I think smushing it's a smush the names name together. Almost. Yeah, I think it's a smush name, and it's like it's like Brad and Angelina Jolie, like Bradgelina. Oh, okay, right, Brad right. Yeah, yeah. So my my first ever smush name is Chair. I love it. I have a question going back. When you mentioned the thirty pages of dialogue, wh- how long do you have to get that under your belt? Um. I well, it depends on. So some days I work, uh, you know, three days a week. Some days I'll work. Um, yeah, it's smoosh name. I just looked it up just to make sure. Um, so <laughs> Has, hashtag smoosh name. Hashtag smoosh name. That that should be the episode. Um, yeah. So I, I work some days, three days a week. Some days I'll work five days a week. And so you'll get your scripts uh, a week ahead of time. And typically we're shooting an episode a day. So. I'll I'll be I'll I'll read all of the episodes the weekend prior just to have the story in my head. But mm-hmm. because it's so much dialogue, I really can't memorize it until the day before because then I'll confuse it with that day's work. Right. So, uh, so I basically I'll I'll have the story in my head and I'll just sort of reread it a couple times just to let my mind start working on the situation and the, all that stuff. But mm-hmm. in terms of getting the lines down, I just do it the night before. Wow. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. I hope your fans are listening too, because for me, I love behind the scenes stories. And even though I'm an actor, I just, I'm so impressed that, you know, I have not had to learn lines under that kind of pressure. I, the TV shows where I've guest starred, you know, everything has just been a little bit of a longer turnaround. So it's impressive mm-hmm. how you're saying well, you know, just the night before, the day before is when I can really commit it to memory now. Mm-hmm. And Mike, Mike, are you seeing too, like when you, you look at some of the long-term veterans on these, the soaps, you know, cause it, 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 it's like a muscle that you work, you know, the memorization, it's the, the times I've worked on soaps, I've always been amazed at the ones that have been doing it for years and years and years, how they can just sort of, you know, do it on the spot and everyone works differently. Yeah. But yeah. Well, well being on set and watching people like um, Deidre Hall or um, Drake Hodgson, uh, who mm-hmm. plays John Black and uh, Marlena mm-hmm. Evans on the show, they've been on the show for, for decades and just watching them work and watching them. Uh, it, it's like a masterclass in using the space and they just right. do so much to, to to do it right the first time to make the all the choices and all the uh, the actions and the movements and everything seem so natural right away that it's been really fun to watch them and uh, and Drake is is hilarious he's always like goofing off and telling jokes which is kind of <laughs> when, when you ha- when you're in the middle of a serious scene and then they yell cut and then he like makes a joke and then they're like all right cool we're gonna shoot this in ten seconds and you're like Drake stop it like. I gotta concentrate, but uh, it's, I mean, it's just like, they, they just have so much fun with it. And I, I feel like that's why they're still on the show is because they're able to day in and day out, make it more exciting and, you know, and still have fun with it. And also like we talked about the Bay, uh, there were people like Brandon Beamer and Mary Beth mm-hmm. Evans that are also, that have been on days for years and have these wonderful characters and these fan bases. And um, they're a big part of the show. They were, on the bay and so i knew them on the bay and you were talking about like every time you do it a guest star it feels like you're the new kid in school um for me days absolutely did feel like that i was showing up and i was the new guy but i was really lucky to have people like brandon and like mary beth uh, sort of like take me under their wing and say hey you know you got this like you're it'll be fine like this is these are some tips this is what we, we do to, you know, prepare and everything else. And so they, I do have to like give them a shout out and say that it was really great to know them from the Bay before I was, I started shooting days. Mm. Well, are you, are you finding, um, of course, with the COVID situation, do you find that that is mm-hmm. um, slowing down filming at all? I mean, obviously you get what well, you get tested like every three days, I guess, or depends on when well, you go back, we, to, I guess. Yeah, well, we get tested. Actors get tested every single morning. So okay. uh, in the beginning, it did slow things down a little bit. Um, and I I don't know the difference. Like, I never worked on the show before COVID, so I don't mm-hmm. know 
Um, I, I, I wouldn't have known, but from what I understand from talking to the other actors, I think we're almost back to moving just as fast as we were. Um, you get tested, you get tested in the morning. You, uh, have to wear a mask all day when you're not on camera. Uh, even like you rehearse in masks and everything else. And then you take them off, you do your job and then you go back to your dressing room and you have to stay pretty secluded um, but now we use technology, so we like we you know use our phones or iPads or whatever else to rehearse. So we're trying to make it work. I I always love being in person with people and rehearsing in person just to like get the cadence and get the pick up the emotions and everything else. But um, so it's it's a little more difficult, I would say, but it's still we're making it work. You know, we don't have. Oh any wow, choice. that's a great. That's something you just said. I never even thought about. I didn't even think about the fact that you're not actually rehearsing it right because you so you 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 would have to like facetime from dressing room to dressing room or yeah because you can't yeah, exactly. you can't really oh my god ralph had you thought about that i hadn't even thought about it no it had yeah no that's interesting because um so you're not just coming on to the set and doing the scene the first time in person without ever having like you said picking up some kind of cadence or just some kind of feeling from your other actor. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, I mean, and, and in some ways, like we were talking about with the live theater aspect, it is nice to be surprised and to mm-hmm. sort of live in the moment. Um, right. <laughs> would I prefer, would I prefer <laughs> to get two or three takes? Yes, I would. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but sometimes you, you get it right on the first time and you, and you find something interesting or unexpected and it's really organic and it's because you haven't over over rehearsed everything too much so you know there's well, the pros and the cons it's interesting also because you having worked on nighttime t- tv and then of course films it is kind of amazing right especially also working with tyler because we know how fast he is you do kind of sometimes mm-hmm. I, it's amazing how much nighttime tv i don't want to say can waste time but you know what i mean it's it it is amazing what you can get done in a day if you have to. I mean, you know, daytime shows you that. Uh, like my friends who work in daytime say, unless the camera hits you in the head, knocks you down, um, one or two takes, we're moving on. You know, so. Mm-hmm. But it does, mm-hmm. it, it does show you that you don't have to spend all this time and money. Um, I lo- I don't know about you. I I love the one or two takes, even a, even on film i'm always best the first or second time so for me it was and i would love the pacing of it well i if you would have asked me a month ago i would have said no it drives me crazy i want (laughs) i wish i had three takes but now and i would always i would always drive home at the end of the day especially my first couple days on set I would, you know, our neurotic actor brains, we drive, I'm driving home, <laughs> replaying, replaying the entire day and all of my scenes and all of my choices. And I'm like, oh man, did I, I hope that was okay. I hope, did that feel truthful? Did that look good? Did that look forced? And I'm, and I'm really, I'm running through everything. And after three days of that, my brain started, my brain was like, you need to stop doing this. You can't, you're wasting so much brain power mm-hmm. on just worrying about what you did. And so very quickly I learned at the end of the day, I put my script in my bag, I get in my car, I turn on some music, I drive home and I don't think about anything that happened and I just right. let it go and, you know, put it out into the world and what will happen will happen. What the audience will see, they'll see, they'll like it or they won't. And I have no control over it. So it was, I would say if, if you asked me a month ago, I would have been, or, mm-hmm. you know, a month and a half ago, or I would have, maybe had a different answer, but now I'm to the point where I'm actually really relieved that uh, it's, it's something I learned from the show because I'm right. really critical on myself and I'm learning not to be, I'm learning just to let it go and let it go. You know. That's now, has, so yeah. great, Mike, really great uh, stories. Has your, have you started airing yet on the show? Yeah, yeah. So I I started airing the beginning of October. Okay. Uh, so it's been whatever it's been five weeks, six weeks uh, of airing. So we're we're still in the early stages of the character and what you see and everything. But um, 
Yeah. <laughs> I, it, it's so funny because we're like this stuff I filmed today, you know, nobody's going to see it for, for weeks and weeks and weeks. And, and so I have to be careful what I say because sure. storylines are storylines are, are under lock and key. But, um, but I will say it's, it's, it's different than anything I've ever done. And, uh, and I think people either like it or hate it. People are going to be, uh, people are going to enjoy watching it. I think. God, well, this is great. You're really a good trailer, Mike, for both shows. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a walking trailer. You know what's great, Mike, is like you've sort of, you've, you know, because you started, of course, on the real world and, you you know, people got mm-hmm. to know you from, uh, you've sort of, you know, you've naturally matured into your into your dramatic roles now. Not that you weren't playing, you were playing younger because you were younger, you know, but now it sounds like you're. This is a natural progression into some uh, meatier, dramatic parts. Um, I mean, you've always done that, but I see you going into this next phase, playing the kind of characters that are, you know, as guys. It's kind. Of, it's it, it's such a sexist business. You know, we get we get better parts as we get older, right? Um, it, it seems like yeah, we get I, to play a more. Well, and, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And I can also be a little choosier just because in the beginning, when I first moved to L.A. 10 years ago, I took whatever I could get. And sure. I was fresh off. I, I moved here and I was trying to back then I was I was a bit um, I, I didn't really want people to know because I've been acting. I've been doing theater since I was young, much younger, um, since I was a teenager. And when I did real world a lot of people when they do reality TV, they get off of reality TV thinking that, Oh, I'm just going to be the next biggest star. And Hmm. for me, I knew that there was a stigma in Hollywood at that time, not so much anymore. um, But there was at that time with reality TV and being a quote unquote serious actor. So when I first moved here, I, um, I I took down all of like my real world stuff. I I took down all the press. I never mentioned it. It wasn't on my resume. Mm -hmm. And and I went in and I, I was fortunate enough. I did a couple of Disney projects um, because I was, you know, I was in my twenties, but I looked like I was still in high school um, because I didn't hit, I didn't hit puberty till like 10 years after all of my friends. But um, so I, I mean, I hated it at the time, but now it's now it's a blessing. It's a bl- but, it's uh, a blessing, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, yeah. Now it is. Now it is. But at, back then in high school, I hated being a foot shorter than everybody else. Uh, but but I just in the beginning, I took uh, I just took whatever I could get, and it was the first couple projects just happened to be Disney. I I was on this um, show called Crash and Bernstein. I did this movie called Cloud Nine, which is like a snowboarding movie, and a lot of it was this these like bubblegum. Uh, fun Disney projects, and 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 now, I'm I'm happy to say that I've uh, I think graduated to more edgy, realistic roles that are challenging, complex. You know, not definitely, definitely, definitely not Disney. Um, not to say anything bad about Disney, but just no, no, of fun. course. I think, but yeah. I think for all the uh, other actors listening, you, by the way, if you're just joining us, we're talking to Mike Manning. You can follow him on uh, all social media. It's very easy, Mike C. Manning. But I think what's important is, you know, pe- what you said is when you come to town, you should take, you know, every job you can get. You try to get as much experience as possible. But, you know, it's interesting. You're right. Now we have, we have actors trying to get on reality shows. Back in the day, back mm-hmm. in the day, 10 years ago, um, you're right. There wasn't the same thing. Now on The Housewives, you have like, you know, Lisa Renna, another Days of Our Life, you know, alumni, um, who probably now are, is best known for being on a reality show. I do like how the, the world's kind of crossed now and there's no stigma attached mm-hmm. to either, either mm-hmm. one. But I don't want time to get away without congratulating you as well on all your producing work. Um, tell us quickly, did you, is producing something that you sought out or did it just naturally kind of happen where you would get attached as an actor on a project and then you produced as well? Or how did that, how did the producing start for you? Yeah, well, so the first, uh, the first movie where I was a quote unquote producer, I was hired as an actor and it was a low budget indie film. 
And it was right when I first came to LA and I have a super type A personality and I was, it was one of my first gigs and I was like, I really want this movie to be huge and I, it's going to be great. And I love this character. And, um, and it was being, it was written and produced and being, uh, and directed by these two sisters. And, uh, as happens in low budget indie films, uh, things started going wrong. And I, while we were filming, I became friends with these sisters and they were like, Oh no, like one of these, uh, one of our locations for tomorrow fell through. Oh no. One of these actors can't make it. Oh, we have this catering company and they were going to donate lunch and now they can't. And so I'm just sitting there and I was like, Oh, I, I have a friend with a house up in Beverly Hills. That'll probably let us use it. Oh, I have a friend with that would, you know, would come and work tomorrow and blah, blah, blah. And, and I just started, I was like, Oh, I know these people. And I started doing all these things and I was talking to my agent on the phone and I said, Oh man, I'm having so much fun on this movie. It's great. It's this. I even got some actors. I got locations. I got the, you know, and he goes, I just hear him. He's quiet on the phone. And he goes, can I talk to the, uh, the producer? <laughs> and I, said, I said, yeah, sure. And so I, I didn't even know anything, think anything of it. I, I hand the producer my phone and, uh, and she hands it back to me five minutes later and she goes, uh, so we'd like to offer you a producer credit on this film and, <laughs> and all this. And so I, I didn't even, I sort of fell into it. I just, by being excited mm-hmm. about my job and what we were doing together. Um, and it wasn't until four years later. So I guess six years ago now that, um, that I found out about a documentary that was being made about, um, child abuse. And one of mm-hmm. my friends, I grew up in Colorado. One of my friends, uh, from Colorado, who I met in college, had nothing to do with acting or anything. He was in this film as one of the the youth that were affected by um, this program that these kids were sent to in this film. And he stayed with me. He calls me up and he said, "Hey, Mike, I was living in LA at the time. I was I had just done some Disney stuff. I had my my first one bedroom apartment all to myself. And he calls me and he says, Hey Mike, can I stay with you? I'm doing an interview for this documentary. And I didn't even think anything of it. So he comes out to LA, he stays with me and we have a couple shots of tequila and he starts telling me about him going through this program. And by the end of the story, my, like there's tears in my eyes. And, and I said, I have to meet this filmmaker. And I met the filmmaker and it was the same kind of thing. She was like, look, I have all this amazing footage. I have these amazing stories. I don't know what to do with this film. And I said, well, I don't know how to produce, but we're going to figure it out. And we got, we turned her footage into a feature film. Uh, that feature film, I, I brought on Lance Bass, who I had met mm-hmm. through a couple of things, you know, some things in, um, in LA. And then I brought on Tom DeSanto, who produced X-Men and Transformers. And Tom just happened. To, so he's a huge producer in Hollywood. He just happened to connect with the subject matter and he said, hey, Mike, I'll produce this with you. And so my first ever film that I'm really producing is with Tom DeSanto, who did X-Men, Transformers, all this other stuff. And, and it was working with him that I sort of – I said yes to everything. He would be like, hey, do you know how to do this? And I'd be like, yeah, of course. And I would go and Google how to do it, figure it out. And I learned more in six months, six months working with him than I would have in four years of film school, I think. And so that was the, really the first film – and we released it into the world, and it did really well. It premiered at Slam Dance. It won a bunch of awards. Um, and so I started for the next couple of years. I started producing documentaries, and I I worked with um, the award uh, Oscar-nominated uh, director David France, who did How to Survive a Plague. I worked on mm-hmm. on his next documentary, Death and Life of Marsha B. Johnson, with him, um, which was a Netflix original and pr- premiered at Tribeca. I worked on this film about a young Muslim girl called Jin, and that's a scripted film. And we, we premiered at South by Southwest and won uh, the audience award. And then I, you know, I just, I started producing these films that, and, and I had really no rhyme or reason for choosing my films. It was just the film that uh, like these messages and stories that would speak to my heart. The last film that I did was called lost in America. And it's a film about homeless youth. And, it, you know, we have, in that film, we have Rosario Dawson, Tiffany Haddish, Halle Berry, um, some of the biggest names in Hollywood talking about helping homeless kids. And that was just something that, you know, youth homelessness is something that I discovered when I moved to L.A. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I was like, why is this such a huge issue and nobody's talking about it? I think that they just, the world doesn't know. And so we made this film and it came out earlier this year. 
Uh, we had a theatrical release in February. And then, unfortunately, because of the pandemic, it wasn't as big as we wanted it to be. But it's still the, still, the film still made a splash. And, um, you know, and, and then now I have a film coming out next year that I produced. And it's about a, a young kid that it becomes friends with a monster after being bullied, bullied. So it's a horror film. It has all the commercial appeal of a story that I think, you know, people are not going to go to the theater and be lectured to. I don't, I don't want to beat people over the head with social issues. Mm-hmm. But if right. I can make a story that has that escapism and entertains people, but also makes them think and, and makes them leave the theater going, huh, like I never thought of it that way. Maybe I'll, you know, maybe I'll look into that or maybe I'll, you know, whatever. Those mm-hmm. are the types of stories that I want to produce and put into the world because when I die, those are the types of things that I want people to remember me for. I don't care about, you know, some of these. It's fun to produce escapism content. Right. It's fun to scare people and fun to do this. But I but I want to do more than that if I can, if I'm given the choice. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, kid, Kidnap, Kidnap for Christ was phenomenal, by the way. Um, Thank you. It, it was so. And where can is 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 that out on all the still on the platforms where people can watch it? I think you, so. I think so. I, it was on uh, Netflix and Amazon for a while. Um, it did it did all the rounds in terms of the mm-hmm. the streaming platforms. So, but I'm sure you, if people go on iTunes yeah. or whatever, they could find it. Yeah, Ralph, Ralph, that's one I would really recommend, highly recommend. I, I remember at the time okay. following it and seeing it, and I was so so blown away by it. So, um, well, we want to give a shout out to Nick Thurr also, of course, one of your buddies who's also been a, a guest mm-hmm. on the show. I'm involved with a project with Nick um, uh, involving a, a comic book character. So once that is uh, – coming together. We'll have Nick back on the show as well. But Mike, buddy, listen, it is a pleasure to to talk with you. Like I said, I've been just admiring your career from afar and uh, hopefully we can work together one day. But in the meantime, keep up all the great work you're doing, all your anti-bullying and your activism. Um, I couldn't be happier for you. Um, just say hi to Tamara and all of our mutual friends and Everyone, be sure and catch The Bay uh, on November 10th and watch him on Days of Our Lives playing Charlie. And until we talk again, thanks, buddy, and hope to see hope to see you in person one day without the mask and the hazmat suits on. Yeah, no, absolutely, guys. This has been uh, this has been really enjoyable. Thank you for your interest in all my stuff. If you do have Nick back on, ask him about Slapface. Uh, Nick is one of the hardest workers I've ever met in Hollywood, and Slapface was the the film that uh, we just we shot last year, and uh, and I I produced it and and with him, and so did he, and and it was it was great. So hopefully we'll oh, be able to great. talk about it pretty soon. Oh yeah. yeah, absolutely. We will definitely ask him about. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, I know you guys are really good friends, and and uh, I wanted to make sure we gave a shout out to him. So listen again, awesome. get some rest. I know you've got long days of shooting, so we'll until we talk again. Take care, my friend. Take Thank care. You, Mike. Be safe. All right. Thank you so much. Guys. What a great guy. Yeah. Oh God. Again, another guest with great enthusiasm. He's really wonderful. Tamara said that he was wonderful. And she is absolutely right. And she's so wonderful. I mean, God, Jasper, once again, we have the best guests on our show. So that is really And, and, you know, look at and and big shout out to J.R. Rosenberg for booking our show. But also just look, you know, just a huge shout out to Gregory uh, J. Martin and to uh, to Christoph because Christoph, because look at what, you know, on any show, it starts at the number one on the call sheet. You know, it starts at the top, and the, it, it, the way the the, bay, the the talent at the bay turns out, and the people that come on our show and just praise and talk about their um, experience is amazing. I so know. It's such, a, such a shout yeah. out to them. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And, yeah. And how exciting, be, as you and I being actors, to know what uh, how Mike must be feeling to you know to be able to have that steady gig. Ironically, oh. you know, Brooks Ann, and I want to give a shout out everyone to Brooks Ann uh, Hayes, who just completed her first guest spot 
uh, in 30 years. She's been doing theater for years, but she just worked on Danger Force, ironically, at the same studio where they shoot Days of Our Lives at the Burbank mm. Studios. Oh, so, great. Um, I know we were just talking about her. She was giving her take on the studio and not to boomerang it, but that is also where I used to work on the tonight show because, you know, that's where I think there's only like three sound stages there. Um, mm-hmm. But that's where the tonight show was done for all those years. So anyway, listen guys, it's been, we are, we are in a, an amazing time now. So we are so excited. Um, we will be back this Thursday. I want to give a big plug to our upcoming guest, Calvin Smith. Uh, Calvin and I are both from Athens, Georgia. We grew up there. We went to different high schools. We kind of both went our separate ways and, and began our acting careers, me on the West Coast, him on the East Coast. But as one of the great things about social media, we reconnected. We have all these mutual friends in our hometown, and he has just finished uh, a show in Hawaii that has been live streaming, and it will continue to be up uh, live streaming. But he's coming on this coming Thursday. He'll be our special guest, so everyone tune in for that. Check out tonight's show on B. Uh, I'm sorry, Thursday show on BS Podcast as well. Ralph, it's so great to to talk to you as always. And uh, I, I, you know, I was just in LA. We didn't get to see each other, but sending Rose a big hug and a kiss as well. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, this is her birthday month, so thank you for that. I, I will pass. That, I will it's pass that up. on to her. Yes. Oh, God, yeah, this has been great. Once again, I really feel invigorated about everything. And then to have Mike on, Mike C. Manning, with his enthusiasm and just his great outlook on life and just, you know, how producing fell into his lap and he's taken the baton and run with it the same way you have. You know, well, I think so- what he said, I think he said a great thing. And basically, you fake it till you make it. You know, like when he was saying, you, you know, he Googled, oh, he first says, yes, I can do it. And then you figure out how to do it. You know, I think, I think for a lot of people, they have this fear of not saying yes. You know, and I always say when you're, when you're young and you're eager, that's the time to say yes to everything. And it, and, and it shouldn't just stop as we get older. But like mm-hmm. he said, you know, as our careers go on, we do get to a point where we can be a little choosier and we can pick and choose. And um, it just all comes with wisdom. And I want to give a shout out lastly to Marcos Papadadas, who I he did a wonderful interview with me in the digital journal that came out this weekend. Um, and one thing I say in there that's been getting a lot of attention, but I've been saying it for a couple of years now is you know, to, to, to all the actors, and it doesn't matter if you're an actor or whatever career you're in, if you just can sort of enjoy the, the journey along the way and try to be present and take it in and don't just be like, okay, I got this now. And while that's happening, you're already jumping on to the next thing. Because I spent a lot of years thinking I had to keep moving towards something better. And I didn't realize how good I had it at the time. So mm. I, I implore young people in particular to just try to take it all in while it's happening um, because it goes so fast, you know, in, in this business. So anyway, Ralph, lots of love. We'll see you on Thursday. On night. Thursday. Okay. Jasper. Bye-bye planet earth. Everyone take care. We'll see you then. Thanks for checking out one-on-one with Jasper Cole. Check out past episodes and get the latest as they're released. Subscribe today on iTunes, Stitcher, and YouTube.